0: Welcome to the All About the Customer podcast, brought to you by Influitive, where we talk with customer-obsessed people to uncover how you can be more customer-focused. I'm your host, Dan Kalmar. Today, I'm joined by Shannon Howard. Shannon is Director of Customer and Content Marketing at Intello, where she has the privilege of working with and creating for customer education practitioners. Over the last 10-plus years, Shannon has served in a variety of roles across businesses, from marketing to product to education. She loves making complex things simple, connecting cool people, and believes in education that's approachable, accessible, and applicable. She works hard to build and develop communities of practitioners who can learn and grow together. Outside of work, Shannon and her husband, Josh, mentor college students, volunteer in their community, and enjoy being physically active. She's also the co-host of the podcast, Mixology, which dives into the intersection of customer education and customer marketing. And that's actually the topic we're gonna be talking about today how customer education and customer marketing can work closely together. While it seems logical for these two teams to work hand in hand, they often don't. Customer education does their own thing and then turns to customer marketing to help with promotion. But Shannon believes something special happens when the two work together. In this episode, Shannon dives into how customer marketing can better enable customers to turn into advocates, how customer education can scale customer success, and how customer marketing and customer education can work on the same team. Shannon, welcome to the All About the Customer podcast. So amazing to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me, Dan. I'm excited to be here.
0: So today we're talking about customer education, which is something you're really passionate about. And we'll we'll get into customer education and how it can intersect with customer marketing. But we'll we'll start just on the customer education side. And maybe a good place to start is is how you think about defining it. I mean, you don't have to pull out a dictionary here, but I think customer education is one of those things that a lot of people feel like they have a grasp of vaguely what it is, but I, th- I feel like there's maybe some you know subtleties in, in how people think of it. So as somebody who I think lives and breathes customer education, h- how do you typically think about what it is?
1: I think of customer education as how do you help your customers learn what it is that they need to learn to meet their business goals, right? So often education starts a little bit ad hoc. It's some onboarding here technical documentation there, help articles, maybe some webinars and things like that. And then over time you're kind of being a little bit more strategic and thoughtful about what are we creating and why are we creating it? I also think a lot of companies start on the product education side, how do you use this product? But I I think we're missing the mark if we're not how do I help you to be successful including the use of my product, right? Because if I give you how to do X, Y, Z in the product, but you don't know why that matters or how it applies to your work, that's not really super useful. So I think of customer education is really that how do we help customers be successful and then how do we use education to do that?
0: I was going to say that was the first thing that jumped out to me with your answer is that I think a lot of people would you have a more selfish answer to that question, which is like, we're, we're educating our customers on how to use our product and be successful with our product. Uh, and then maybe by extension, be successful in their, in their job. But I think it's such a great customer centric answer to have the starting point be, how do I make you good at your job? And then, hey, there's probably some Venn diagram overlap with also using your product and being successful there. But that, that was something that immediately jumped out to me with your answer.
1: You know, when you think about how do we help build champions and advocates for our company? I think education plays such a key role because if you're helping them be successful in their job, period that builds advocates, right? It nurtures relationships. They look great. They grow in their career. They look like a hero. So I think it, all of it, that's where, right, we're going to get into the customer education, customer marketing tying together. But I see education really building that advocacy component because you're helping people to be successful and move along in their career, which is ultimately advantageous for your business as well
0: it adds so much stickiness to what you're doing, right? Because then people think of you not just as, you know, hopefully providing a great product, but this is also something that just the resources they provide to me, the the work I do with their various teams, like makes me better at my role. And that's something you don't want to give up, right? If if you can have a great product and it makes you better in other assets or other areas of your job, why would I want to stop using that product?
1: When we're marketing and selling something, we think of the solution and not all the things that come around it, right? Do you have a customer success manager? Does your company have deep industry expertise? Is there customer education involved? How responsive and helpful is a support team? Because all of those things impact your ability to use the product. And all of those are value adds outside of the product, but still something that is part of the offer where I think companies, and you see this, right? Like they're companies that lose business because people can't see their help center and they can't see the kind of post-sale support that they're going to get, or because they have poor rankings on review sites. Other people have said their customer support sucks. Like they're not responsive. They are not really helpful. You know, my CSM keeps changing hands. All of those things impact the customer experience and are part of what ultimately we're selling to people.
0: I don't know, maybe, maybe we're going too too far ahead here, but I, I want to keep pulling on this thread because w- w- when you talked about that, one thing it made me think of was I had uh, Donna Weber, who's the, the queen of onboarding uh, mm-hmm. on, on the show. And one thing she talked about is onboarding is so important and it can provide so much value. And what that actually means is that in the sales process, you actually need to sell that onboarding experience. So do, do you think about customer education in the same way of, of also selling this as a value add, that you're not just getting this product, but we're also just going to help you be better at your job like is that really how we should be approaching customer education
1: i do think it is a value add that should be included because yeah it is it's valuable to have- not just teach you how to use the product and be successful with it, but to become better at your job. And I would even say, right, Donna would say onboarding starts before you become a customer. I would say education starts before you become a customer. And I will forever reference HubSpot Academy because it's been around for forever. It's such an excellent example of a really well-rounded customer education program where customers aren't just the people who buy from us, the people who will buy from us who will advocate for us, former customers who are still in there learning with us, where you know HubSpot Academy they have people who understand their methodology and how their product allows them to implement that inbound methodology they have people learning that before they even become a customer, which makes them a better customer right so you know you think about the that saying an educated buyer is a better buyer, right an educated customer is a better customer and an educated. Uh, advocate is a better advocate. So I just think it, it spans the entire customer experience for sure.
0: Yeah, when you, when you talk about HubSpot Academy, I had uh, Mark Killens on the show who was one of the people who created uh, HubSpot Academy. And one thing that he had mentioned was, I forget the exact phrasing of it, but he's like, you know, our our philosophy around it was give value before you start asking for things. And, and I think that really ties back to what you were talking about earlier around like it should really help people in their job in general. Uh, you should provide that value for people before you start asking for something in return.
1: It is. Yeah. I did an interview with Ramley John at AppCuse, and we talked about this book, The Go-Giver. And it's the same philosophy. Like Giving is a great business strategy. And that's where the inbound methodology made a lot of sense to me early in my marketing career was, well, of course you would provide value. Isn't that how you build a relationship with people? Like If I were to go build a friendship, I wouldn't just ask, 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 ask. That's not how people Build relationships, right? It's I give, you give, I give, you give, and that's relationship is give and take. But I don't know why sometimes we think, well, let's go, just go knock down their door and ask for something. It's like that's not how humans work. I, I think sometimes in digital marketing, we we've removed a little bit the human element. Where I always talk about, like, what would this look like in in real life? Like if you showed up to a party, how would you interact? You walk into a coffee shop, how do you meet people? That's what we should be doing online, (laughs) not taking this weird, dehumanized approach.
0: As soon as you get money involved, people think that things fundamentally changed like this, this is a transaction but it's like but it's still people on both sides of it right like we it, like you, you just need to think about how human beings interact how they want to interact and a lot of times we just like don't overthink it it's just like yeah what, what would two human beings do here like how do we both get value out of this like that's a better way to think of it than trying to think of this as a transactional like well it's it's one business buying from another like well not really it's it's really it's people, behind people
1: all buying them. from people
0: so one thing that when when you and I talked about this earlier, uh, one thing that you said about customer education that I, I really liked uh, was that customer education is a way to scale customer success. So I'd, I'd love to learn what you mean by that.
1: When you think about what is every company's objective, right? It's to grow. And how do you grow? Typically, you bring on more customers in the world of the past, let's say, Bringing on more customers would mean you got to hire more customer success managers who can answer people's questions. You got to hire more support people who are responding to those support tickets. Where I think customer education becomes a function of scale is they are creating that self-serve documentation, that self-serve training. They're delivering onboarding and training at scale. So they're taking that away from a a customer success manager needing to do that one-to-one so those customer success managers can focus on kind of higher order activities for a customer success manager, right? Like strategic conversations, renewals, expansion, right? They can focus more on those revenue driving customer success activities. And then education. And here's the thing I like about this too is in education, the goal is behavior change, right? So that's like what we're thinking is not just how do I teach someone how to use the product, but but actually, how do I design, right, intentionally design training education to drive behavior change that will ultimately result in, in product adoption? So now you're kind of moving this, I would say, kind of onboarding training education at the center of excellence to create this scaled education that's going to actually move the needle, right? People who are thinking, how do I change behavior? And that's how they're designing training and education rather than like, huh, what do they need to know about the platform?
0: Probably perfect segue into what I, I teased at the start that we'd get into, which is this intersection between customer education and customer marketing. Uh, so t- tell me how you think about that overlap and how they can intersect. Because I think they, some companies do a really good job of integrating them. Some people think of them as somewhat related. They're both about the customer, but, but somewhat you know separate. So how do you think about the intersection between the two of them?
1: My friend christine and i talk about this all the time because they they really should be two peas in a pod you really should be working together i think it's interesting in some companies customer education lives under customer marketing sometimes they're just on the same maybe customer experience team or or sometimes you know customer marketing is living under marketing and then customer education is living under customer success but there should still be even if it's not a formal dotted line relationship we're working hand in hand And the reason why is because we're both responsible for setting our customers up to be successful in doing that in kind of a systematic way, right? Where other functions are a little bit more one-to-one, we're thinking, you know, for customer marketing, I think, how do I provide air cover for our customer success team? How do I communicate and provide value at scale so that our customer success managers can do those high-value, high-touch connections, And then customer education is how do I systematically help people learn this product and how do I do that in a scaled way? And so education is is working on that learning content to drive the behavior change. And then I think of customer marketing as serving it up. So how do I make sure that you, the customer, find this content where you need it and, and make sure that you're aware of it? So as a customer marketing person working with customer education, I've introduced you know, customer education into kickoff deck redesign or into onboarding communications or lifecycle communications. Or when we're doing webinars, we're talking about other training and education opportunities that exist. So the marketers are really going out and kind of megaphoning the customer education opportunities and then education is creating and delivering that content.
0: And whenever we talk about two teams working really well together, I always think about they complement each other because you know one has some skills but maybe lacks in another area, and ideally the the puzzle piece pieces that fit together is that the other can cover the deficiencies that the other person has, and, and vice versa. So, what do you when you look at really good customer marketers, you really look you look at really good customer education folks. What do you feel like customer education folks do well, but maybe need help with, and then what what's the opposite of that with customer
1: marketers? That's a good question. It probably depends on where people came from. So I've said this about content, right? There's a difference between marketing content and educational content. They're not the same, right? And it's kind of like if you're creating a case study, it's different than a blog. And it's an SEO blog is different than a thought leadership blog. And not everybody can write the same type of content, right? So I think customer education people often have a background where they're thinking about learning objectives and what is it that people need to know and What information are they coming in with, right? So if I'm talking to someone who is just entering the the industry versus someone who's been around for a while, right? They have different learning needs. And I think customer education is really good about thinking about that and making sure that we're meeting people where they're at and we're designing education content to drive that behavior change and meet people where they're at. I think often people struggle with the marketing and promotion of that content, right? They, they're, it's almost like product teams, right? I think often of education as a product, and I'm just going to advocate that everybody should think about education as a product. So you want to do user research and you want to test and iterate, but you also want to go to market with your education initiatives. Where What I think most product teams do and what most education teams do is they create And then they just hand it over to marketing. Like, good luck, have fun with that. And like, hopefully you promote this thing that we created that we maybe also didn't give you a heads up about. Like, that's pretty normal. (laughs) I think we've all had that experience. So that's where I think customer marketing can help. And, you know, customer marketing, I would say, one, we think a lot about how do I get eyeballs on this? But then also as marketers, we're trained to think about funnels and conversions. We're trained to think about, well, okay, how many people are coming to this learning content, starting it, completing it, right? Education teams are measuring some of that, but marketing is looking at maybe, hopefully, more of those overall, well, what business outcomes does that drive? And we, because in marketing, you can't not have a metrics mindset. This is like just part of the job. Education teams don't always have business metrics. They often have learning objective metrics. That's where I think marketing has like, Uh, maybe a leg up, but can also be really helpful, right? I want to really encourage people to like share their strengths across teams. You're one team where we probably are are weaker is, you know, meeting people where they're at. Sometimes in, in marketing, we're very disconnected from the customer and it's shocking how few marketers actually connect with their customers and education people. They're doing training, they're doing workshops, they're doing, you know, webinars or, they're just talking to customers more, and so they have more of that voice of customer. So that's what I would say, maybe, not not in every situation, but maybe some of the, the strengths and weaknesses of each side.
0: Shannon mentioned how customer education folks will often put something together and then turn it around to marketing, who might not know it was coming, to help promote it. I would imagine for most companies that don't have the teams working under the same part of the org, that probably happens quite a bit or even when the teams do work under the same part of the org, it probably still happens. I was curious to know what this looks like when there's more alignment.
1: I think that looks like consistent, frequent communication. It We should not be leaving our communications between teams to chance, right? We should be having conversations where we're talking about, hey, here's what's in flight. Here's what's coming up. Um, here's what we've gotten done recently. We should know those things about our teams, but we should also be planning together in advance. So this is where I think a lot of teams are are kind of getting to this point of thinking about the next quarter, the next half year, or even, you know, if you're doing annual planning These teams should know each other's annual plans. They should be involved in quarterly plans. They should be talking about, here's what I have coming up and the dependencies, right? So I should be aware of what customer education is working on and customer education should be aware of what marketing has going on because sometimes there's overlap, but there's also dependencies. If they need me to serve up content, but I'm also doing this, that, and the other thing, Well, we need to be able to like kind of sequence those things and and make sure that there's bandwidth. And so we should be doing our CMO calls it interlock meetings. You're talking with people and understanding what are your goals and priorities? What things are you working on? What dependencies do you have on our team? And then we're actually documenting that and the work to be done. And then we're going back to those teams and formally socializing the work that's coming up to make sure we're all on the same page and in agreement on the work to be done. And I think being really intentional about that, a lot of people have a strategy deck, and this is so timely because we did this webinar yesterday on education strategy. And the presenter was talking about a great education strategy is clearly defined and documented. If it's not on paper, it's not real. And it's socialized, heavily, heavily socialized. He was saying 20% of your time should be socializing your plans, not like just creating them. Um, and I think that's in customer marketing and customer education. Sometimes we aren't as maybe assertive about getting in front of people and having those meetings and conversations to formally and informally socialize the work that we're doing.
0: Yeah, a lot of times marketing folks aren't good at marketing internally. It's ironic. Mm-hmm.
1: That is the drum I will forever be is internal marketing. It Because it kills me. Internal marketing is so important because... Other people need to know what you're doing, but also from a career growth, and I also want to say security perspective. People need to know what you're doing. We just can't leave it to chance that people know that we're a working and do doing great work.
0: We could go down that rabbit hole, but I feel like that's probably a completely separate episode. That we so maybe maybe there's a part two that's about marketing for marketing folks. Uh, if if you haven't already done that, an episode on that, one thing that. Is interesting with this. I'm, I'm always trying to look at the the downsides of of things. So I, I think one thing that can often happen is, you know, marketing has their marketing objectives and, and customer education. I think when done really well is less, I don't want to say selfish uh, than marketing, but, you know, really should purely be about helping customers get better and, and do their thing better. Do you think sometimes when you're trying to find the overlap between customer marketing and customer education that you can sometimes get? have the customer education get pulled too far in the marketing direction or do you not really see that happen?
1: I don't know if I see them getting pulled too far in the marketing direction. I guess my mindset is always what's in the best interest of the business because we're all one team. And what is it that needs to be done? And I think we all need to be flexible to, you know, go in the direction of the business. Like I remember working on a project when COVID hit And I wanted to do it. That's what they had kind of moved me into this role to do. But I had a conversation with our leadership team and said, if this is not the business priority right now, I'm not attached to it. Like I will move to a different project. And I think we all need to have that mindset to be flexible about what's needed because that's what's valuable to the business. You know, and I, I think in customer marketing and customer education, we are so focused on the customer. But we have to also think about the business, right? That's our our primary internal stakeholder is the business as a whole. And then we have our external primary stakeholder, the customer. and we obviously want to make sure that our work is serving them. But we have to find the the intersection of of both because if we're only serving the customer and not meeting the needs of the business and not be being flexible to that, I don't think that's helpful either, because you know, businesses are in business to make money, you know, not just to serve the customer. I think that serving the customer is in the best interest of the business, but you have to you know, be tied to those objectives.
0: So when you look at trying to get these two teams to work better together, is really the best way to have them live in the same part of the org? Like, should they both ideally roll up to the same person? Like, how do you think about where customer education should live versus where customer marketing should
1: live? It's interesting. I don't know that I have a firm stance on They should live here or they should live there, right? I've seen customer marketing people who live in customer success or who live in product or who live in marketing. And there's benefits to each of those depending on the org structure. Same thing with customer education. You know, the majority of customer education teams live in customer success. Sometimes you have a professional training, professional services function, or even a proper education function, and they live there. Sometimes they live in product occasionally, you know, probably less than 15% of the time they live in marketing and there's benefits to each of those, right? Like, you know, I think the advantage of being in customer success is that you're very closely working with them and aligned to their objectives for both customer marketing and customer education. I think the advantage to being in marketing is that you get Resources and dollars, right? Like marketing has the technology, they have the budget, they have a little bit more, maybe of a metrics mindset than some other teams internally do, right? Because we have to, we're we're driving leads and and demand for the business. So I think it depends on each company. I also really like urge people to consider the executive that they're under. You know, is that executive a champion for your work? Because if you're under an executive where maybe it makes sense but they're not a champion for customer marketing or customer education, it's not going to set you up for success. So it might actually be advantageous to be on a different team that maybe on paper doesn't totally make sense, but that person is going to pay attention, they're going to advocate for your work and they're going to help you get what you need. That's really more important to me than You know, saying I live in that part of the org versus this part of the org.
0: Do you think there are advantages to having them be in separate parts of the organization? Like maybe, maybe you don't always necessarily think it's a bad thing, but do you think there are advantages to having them be a little bit more separate?
1: I don't know that I could see clear advantages other than maybe, you know, if you did have, let's say, an education function. So a lot of our customers education all rolls into one function. There's one education team that's educating employees, customers, and partners, because all of those audiences have to understand your product. They all have to understand your industry. There's a lot of commonality. And then I think those teams become a center of excellence where it doesn't make sense to live in marketing if that's the case. If you don't have something like that, then I think it is, again, where can you get advocates, resources, and the support that you need to be successful. And regardless of where you are, I mean, there's marketing teams that are siloed, right? Where this person does this job and this one does this job. So regardless of where you are, just being really intentional about collaborating and communicating and connecting and working together.
0: So maybe the question I'm going to ask is, is too situational, but I'm going to ask it anyways. If you were to go to another company that didn't have a customer marketing function, you had to spin it up, and, and you were, you know, you're the same kind of role that you're in now, would you put it under marketing?
1: I would put it under marketing. What I've found with customer marketing is customer success, and this isn't always the case, right? But typically customer success does not think about scale. They think about personal communications because that's what most people have done right they've managed to book a business one to one and it hasn't really been about scaled communications and that's where i've tried to do a lot of work as a customer marketer is how do i you know provide that air cover how do i templatize things for you how do i scale the the customer success function right and i think marketing has more of that mindset because marketers don't email people one to one you don't do almost anything one to one everything that we do is scaled So that's where I think there's a huge advantage for marketers. Also, just like being a a customer marketer outside of marketing, I think it can be harder to work with marketing, right? When you're in the same team, I think there's a little bit more collaboration with peers, access to the tools and technology and the resources. But if you sit in a different team, I think it's a lot harder to collaborate because marketing's focus is and will always be on lead acquisition. You know, like acquisition, marketing, new business, that's it, right? And so when customer marketing sits in, in marketing, I think there's a little bit more willingness to think about that post-sale customer journey and how marketing supports it than if you just sit somewhere else.
0: So when you've seen this work really well, and that's customer marketing and customer uh, education working hand in hand what's the knock-on effect of this? Like, what does this tend to mean for the business? What does this tend to mean for customers?
1: For the business, I think increased customer retention, expansion, more advocacy, right? Educated customers are going out and they're speaking at conferences and they're coming onto your webinars and they're, you know, I had a customer this morning, go to someone else's LinkedIn post and recommend that they look into our platform. You know, like this is what we want in educated customers, aren't just better buyers, but they're better advocates and they go educate other people. So I think that's the benefit for the business is I think there's a lot of revenue potential in educated customers and happy customers. And then for customers, it's you actually feel confident doing your job. And and the way I look at especially SaaS sales is whoever advocates for our product is putting their career on the line. Because you're making a significant investment and you're and you're throwing your weight behind that investment. Your job is really dependent on how successful the implementation is, the overall product is, you know, what your experience with us is like. And I don't want, I've been at companies for, where customers were at risk of losing their job because the implementation went poorly, the platform couldn't do what they needed it to do, you know, they didn't know how to use things. That's not the position you ever want your clients to be in. You know, you want them to be happy, successful, and then educated, like feeling really confident. And so that's, I think, the benefit for customers is that confidence. I'm going to use an analogy. Someone used to say to me, "What a designer said, great UX is when you don't even think about it. You don't notice good UX. It's just easy. You notice bad UX because there's a problem. And I think you don't notice a great customer experience unless you have maybe a really exceptional interaction with someone, but you really notice and it's really painful when you have a bad customer experience.
0: So we we mentioned HubSpot Academy, which I think is what everybody's go-to example uh, is for this. Any other examples come to mind of where people can look at what they've done to, to see good customer education and get inspired?
1: There's a ton of stuff. I've done a couple LinkedIn posts on this just to kind of pull some together. So Atlassian University is awesome. Uh, Gusto Academy, one of our customers, they had a really cool program that they were using. Um, Webflow University is one that I hear a lot about. Persanio, the guy who wrote the book on customer education, leads customer education over there. And I think they just have like a really cool customer journey, incredible customer education program. I was just looking at Miro's the other day. I think they've done a good job, not just at education, but also enablement. How do we provide tools and resources to help you be really successful? So I think there's a lot of great programs out there now that we can kind of look to. And the thing, and I, I'm sure Mark talked about this too, right? I love that he talks about the early days of of HubSpot Academy because Sometimes we look and feel woefully behind (laughs) that we're not all HubSpot Academy, but he talks about in the early days, it was a webinar series. Like, you know, most of us are probably doing that. So we're, we're on track. We're actually like on track maybe to be the next HubSpot Academy.
0: Yeah. It has to start somewhere. A a journey of a thousand customer educations starts with one webinar, I think is the saying that I've heard.
1: Yeah. I think I've seen that one.
0: So it's, it's something like that. So before we get to our wrap-up question, anything we haven't talked about around the subject that you think would be great for listeners to know?
1: You know, when we were kind of prepping, talking about, you know, how do you do this right? I think for customer marketing and customer education, a lot of it is dependent on an understanding of the customer journey. It would be the same on the acquisition marketing side. You have to understand the buyer journey to really kind of facilitate moving people along. I think understanding what is that customer journey and then how do I scale that? How do I provide education? How do I communicate with people at different steps of the, the customer journey and really taking the time to map that out and understand that so that you can actually align efforts to the customer journey? I think that's important for both teams to really be keenly aware of.
0: The rapid question I asked for everybody For the folks listening at home, if you can give them one piece of advice to get them one step in the right direction to be more customer centric, what's that one piece of advice you would give them?
1: Talk to real people because they'll say things that honestly spawn a thousand ideas. And there's so much low hanging fruit that you could talk to someone and they're like, oh, I can't find X. And all you have to do is, I don't know, move the button, you know, put it in the welcome email. They will identify for you very quickly. The opportunities. And there's often a lot of them, you know, it's really simple things. I, I think sometimes you make it really complicated, but it's the simple things. It's the little things done right and done consistently that make the biggest impact.
0: Awesome. Well, Shannon, this has been terrific. I hope that customer marketing and customer education folks listening to this are inspired to grab a coffee with each other, uh, set, set, up, set, up a, set up a Zoom call. Uh, but this has been amazing. Thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me and uh, bringing this topic up.
0: Customer education and customer marketing. They both have customer in the title. Why don't they work more closely together? As Shannon has shown, they don't necessarily need to sit under the same part of the organization, but it's unquestionable they should work together. They both own important parts of the puzzle and it's definitely a one plus one equals three type of situation. Shannon gave plenty of examples of great customer marketing programs to use as inspiration. And if you want to dive deeper into the customer education topic, I recommend checking out episode 21 that I did with Mark Killens. This has been the All About the Customer podcast brought to you by Influtive. I've been your host, Dan Kalmar. Until next time, get educating and get marketing. Together.